Well, good afternoon, everybody. Tuesday afternoon after a long weekend. Hopefully everybody's doing well. Darren Saul here, your host of Playing With Perspective, the Suspended Animation Podcast, episode 107. And I have the lovely Justine Alter with me in the studio. How are you doing, Justine? Hi, Darren. Good. How are you? Very well. Thanks for coming on the show. Really appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Now, for everybody out there, we're going to be chatting about a very interesting topic, navigating work and life, how to help organizations support their people when they need it most. So a fascinating topic that I'm really looking forward to getting into with Justine, because she has a wealth of knowledge in this area. Justine is a registered psychologist, work-life transition expert, and co-director of Transitioning Well. With a master's in organizational psychology and over 17 years experience in short-term individual counseling, coaching, and training, Justine has a passion in supporting people and health and well-being at all levels of an organization. Justine's experience is expansive and includes many people-orientated roles, including a return to work and career transition specialist with primary work cover clients, and as an EAP consultant. As the co-founder of Transitioning Well, she brings her experience and knowledge into leading people and times when they need to be unstuck and guided to navigate work and life. So Justine, welcome. Thank you. So now tell us, Justine, how did you get into this field in the first place? What made you interested in psychology and, and how did you transition into the area that you're working in now? Yeah, it's interesting, actually, Darren. I don't know if I was anticipating that question. <laughs> when I actually um, was in first year uni, I thought that I wanted to do law and wanted to transfer into law. I didn't ask degree because I wasn't quite sure what I wanted to do and right. actually loved first year psychology and did, um, by the end of first year, was pretty certain that's the path I wanted to take. But organisational psychology, probably only by about third year, um, when I had a fantastic supervisor from America and ended up doing my thesis on burnout, which um, has come full circle all these Wow, years. that's fascinating. Yeah, um, burnout in healthcare, actually, and doctors, and just loved the organisational perspective and landed my first job, particularly doing return to work, in, uh, mainly for work cover, but then very shortly after that entered more into the EAP or Employee Assistance Program, if some people gotcha. don't know what that means. Yep. Um, and in that, you really see whatever walks through the door from organisations and very good grounding in coaching, and it yep. just grew from there. So, Fantastic. Well, and so you've been in this industry, you know, done lots of different things, been in it a long time, you're working for yourself. And yeah, yeah. Well, so Transitioning World kind of grew after that, from that in working for myself, probably about nine years ago when um, a, a joint colleague of ours just introduced myself and my business partner, Dr. Sarah Cotton. We'd never met. Right. And literally, we're one of those kind of fairy tale, tale stories of... Um, it was just a, a punt in the dark and now nine years later, if someone had told us what business involved, I, I don't know if we would have believed it. But wow. um, yeah, here we are. We got really lucky and yeah, um, have, both have a real passion still for what we're doing nine years later. It's so. amazing. It, it happens a lot. Like you kind of, everything you do, if you, if you follow your journey in life, you know, and you look back, it always seems to happen for a reason. But when it's happening, you think, what the hell am I doing? Or how did I even get here in the first place? But there's always a, an underlying current that's driving you in a certain direction and forcing you to yeah. meet certain people in your journey 
that allow you to get to the next step, which is kind yeah. of what you, what you just yeah. said. Yeah, fascinating stuff. But let's get into it because I'm really excited to, to talk more about the psychology behind this topic. So what causes people to get stuck navigating work and life these days? I mean, life's tough. We're busier and busier every day. We're all running around. But what's, your, what's this, you know, the scientific and the, your experience on why that's happening? Yeah. So it's really interesting. I think for a lot of people, it's about understanding the difference between transition and change. And when we talk about transition, those are really the times in life when we're getting stuck because we're stuck on that journey of needing to find our new normal. And it's often at those moments of truth, um, such as having a baby or making a career change or heading into retirement or what we're all experiencing now is the biggest transition I think we've ever been through is um, pandemic, which no one would have, would have recognised in our lifetime. But it's, it's really those moments where you're having to go to find those new rhythms and routines where you often get stuck and don't know how to navigate those times. So gotcha. what we do is look at transition theory primarily and build our programs on that and say, well, how can we help people and give them a mask to hold on to when they're navigating uncharted waters? Give them a framework, give them a process to follow so they don't feel overwhelmed exactly. by the, the, the transition. And they say, okay, let's just go yep. step by step. And what's that saying? One step at a time or the yep. journey of a thousand miles starts with one step. Exactly. Exactly. And the overwhelm is a very big part of it. You, you yep. hit the nail on the head with that one. Absolutely. Because it's yeah. all, I mean, it's so easy, you know, whenever we think of having to do something, like, oh my God, that's just like a mountain we have to climb. But right. if you just take it one step at a time and one bite at a time, over, yeah. over a week or two, you find, you say, well, that, was, that wasn't that hard. That was easy. Yeah. Or longer in the or case <laughs> yeah. you're talking about. Yeah. But yeah. it is, it's about those, um, I think anything that shakes your routines and your rhythms and your relationships and you know we talk a lot about the four hours in this is any of that requires you to really look at how, how what help can i have to help guide me on this transition journey perfect perfect and so tell us more about you know what you specialize in or what areas you, spe you specialize in and how you know how is that related to this period now where we are in this in covid because it's such a incredible period of transition so it's incredibly relevant. So I'd love to hear about, you know, how you work and how that's affected you. Yeah. So when we started transitioning well, we both had had young children and had transitioned back to work in between and really felt that there wasn't enough in place in workplaces to support working parents. Yep. So, um, but very shortly realised, well, hang on a second, the parental leave journey is really that one transition which sets the tone for the rest of the trans transitions in your lifespan. Yep. So it very quickly grew to how can we help people to support their work and life integration and to move away from that kind of concept of work-life conflict to more about work-life enrichment Enrichment yep. and how we can bring that into the processes that we use every day to, to combat, um, you know, the challenges of navigating work and life. And then it very quickly led to well, that, that lasts a lifespan. And our late career and our retirement transition is a major part of this. And this, you know, the, um, the unsettling period that you go through with transition is probably at both ends of those spectrums of the lifespan, the biggest that you'll go through. So that's why we started encompassing life transitions from a workplace perspective and also found that the onus had been on individuals yep. and that workplaces really needed to start doing more. So it was all very well to have an EAP, but that didn't mean that you were actually addressing transition issues. And so we really wanted to target it from, well, what is that? And once people understand transition, it's much easier to get unstuck. Yep, yep. So, so 
yeah, and so well, work and life has been shaken all together with COVID. Oh, so that was my just, God. <laughs> we, we, we actually say we were born for now, yeah. transitioning well. Yeah. Wow, unbelievable. So you must yeah. be really busy in this period. Yeah, we have really been. Busy. We've pivoted a lot around um, well, what are actually the key things, the pain points that our clients have felt during this time and yeah. spoken to a lot of our client organisations and that has defined our offerings in this space around well-being and around understanding transition to help yeah. people feel better with the mental health issues that we're all facing. Yeah, well, I mean, let's, maybe let's tackle those, you know, if, if that's okay with you because it's so relevant. Maybe give us a little insight into what are the, some of the most pressing challenges right now and maybe give us a, a way that you kind of, what your process would be to overcome them and help people overcome them or deal sure. with them. Sure. Well, look, we um, primarily, there's not a lot you can do virtually, unfortunately, at mm. the time. So in order to, to move with things, we very much had to take our workshops to being webinar-based. Um, but we're running them um, live as opposed to pre-recorded because that's really what people are needing, in addition to the coaching, um, uh, which some clients are still doing, but budget is obviously not always the case to have one-on-one. So the webinars are proving a really great source of um, information for people. And the topics that we're mainly seeing that have been really popular have been working from home with kids, yeah. which particularly in Victoria, maybe not so much in New South Wales, but our schools have been closed for the majority of the year. Wow. Um, and our, during our harshest period of lockdown, which thank goodness has just finished in terms of daycare, but we had a lot of people working from home with no daycare yeah. unless you had permits. So um, navigating the challenges of having other people in your workspace, being little kids or, or partners or flatmates or whatever that might be. So that's been a really common topic of how do I stay on task when I'm working with home, not even from home. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I, like, I or, love Or I'm living, living, living with work. I love the way you put that with home as opposed to just from home. <laughs> that's exactly. So yeah, so that's been really popular. Another one that's been increasingly popular has been just dealing with loneliness and isolation. Yeah. So we already know that loneliness was was a, a pandemic. I mean, the American studies that came out years ago that said we know that loneliness is a major factor have been enhanced tenfold during COVID. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Uh, doesn't even matter. It, it, um, you know, people think just because you're living in a family means you can't be lonely. We've had people okay. who have been the loneliest, loneliest they've ever been. Um, cracks in relationships of course that you know financial strain redundancies all of that that has just combated that um, and uh, contributed to that so the webinar how do we combat loneliness has been extremely popular amazing and have you found that organizations have come to you and are more willing to start putting in place some programs to allow them help people or have you really had to do the work to get this across the line um, a bit of both. It's actually been, you know, our, our client organisations that we worked with before were literally on the phone within minutes saying, you've got to help us. What can you do for us? Yeah. And from there, it's grown, which has been amazing. It's been a very good marketing opportunity, um, yeah. which, which has been bittersweet because you kind of think it's a really negative time. And yet our business has probably, um, you know, transformed more than it ever could have without this opportunity. But I think that just mental health, we know, unfortunately, is on the decline. And for a long time, like this is going to go on well past um, once COVID, you know, the, the yeah, pandemic itself passes. Definitely. If anything, this is kind of, this period has kind of exposed certain things That's rather right. than just, um, yeah. you know, spark them. They've actually exposed them more so, underlying issues that we've always had. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. 
So, and look, there are a lot of people offering stuff in the mental health space. I think a lot of people have realised that the, the unique uniqueness I think that we have is that we actually only employ registered psychologists and we made that decision very early on in our business. Nice. And so all our consultants have that same um, evidence-based approach, the research behind us. We take a systemic approach which looks at the organisation, the client, the whole picture, which, yeah, as, as Orcsarks is our, our, what we're trained to do. Okay. And so, and how do you go about that? Do you just, I mean, first of all, before you answer that, I suppose, do you just work with organisations that allow you to go and help their employees or do you actually go individual to individual as well if they need? We don't do individual to individual. Um, we do, yeah. We primarily our client or our client organisations are our clients, and then we deal with the individuals through the organisation, okay. and that's how we keep the systemic approach um, happening. So, for example, our parental leave um, work, which is different from the COVID work, but is very much um, a holistic model, which looks at HR, the manager, and the new parent, new or expectant parent themselves, and that's the way that we make sure that those conversations are happening at the levels that they need to, and that that culture Culturally, things are actually flowing in the way that they need to from the top down. Gotcha, gotcha, perfect, perfect. And I mean, obviously, how long is a piece of string? Everybody, every program is, has a different length. But do you have a particular formula or a process that you follow that's like four steps? Yeah. Yeah, the parental leave program is very structured. Yep. So we do um, support our clients through um, pre-leave, during leave and after leave. And sometimes our top level exec program um, carries people right up until 12 months back at work. So that program can last anywhere from 18 to 24 months. Um, if we're doing a, a holistic coaching program, for, you know, with, with all the sessions involved. And we also have a digital um, portal that supports our parental leave program. Okay. So our clients get access to a lot of our resources and videos and articles all through the portal. And that's supported by our coaching if the client has, has both. Wow, fantastic. Yeah. And, have you got, and I'd love to hear, I mean, have you got any great um, examples or case studies? Obviously not mentioning any companies, any names. Of yes, yeah. Maybe just some examples of how you've really helped people and come back with some feedback that you were just yeah. blown away by. Yeah, definitely. I mean, this is where you, you definitely also get to see um, which companies are doing this to tick a box and which companies are doing it because they're really invested. Yeah. And often the culture reflects that. So, I mean, one of, one of my favourite clients, and yeah, I won't name them, but a, a tech company are just amazing at supporting everybody. And they do offer the coaching to every single new or expectant parent, regardless of gender. Um, they offer, yeah, if you, whether you're taking extended leave or whether you're only taking two weeks paid leave as a dad, they offer everybody some level of support and it makes a huge difference. And the feedback is, is, is yeah, literally, um, you know, where clients have said, I, I wouldn't have stayed at this organisation if I didn't know that I had this support. Wow. So it's really rewarding. So, yeah. And were they doing as much of this before this time or just I think it's grown. I think definitely companies are realising they have to support their people yep. now more than ever. And and the, just on the parental leave space, pregnancy at this period of time, particularly in Victoria, it's a very lonely journey from a workplace mm. perspective because so many clients, you can't see if someone's pregnant on a screen. Yep. So they're not walking into an office every day and having somebody go, when are you due? And you look so great or you look tired today. Can we do anything for you? Or there's just... All of that is gone. And so having a coaching program is so much more important. Even It was important before, but it's even more now. It's, it's, you know, listening to you, it's actually fascinating to me because, you know, 10, 20 years ago, you went to work, you had, you had your lunch break, you had your team meeting on a Friday, drinks, 
that was it. That was, that was how we built culture. It was, it was just nothing. Nowadays, retaining staff, keeping staff happy, building a positive culture and a collaborative culture is almost a full-time job in itself. I mean, the, all these extra things that have to go on to make sure that everybody's happy. And now when you throw COVID into the mix and, you, and working from home and working with home, my yeah. God, it's so, so many layers on top of this compared to what it was years ago. Definitely. Well, it's mental fine. health is spoken about now, thank goodness. I mean, we've yeah. really moved in talking about it. But, I mean, that's why one of the other webinars that we do is um, work-life transition tactics. And that's literally about dealing with how do we manage those blurred lines of work and home. And that's going to stay because, I mean, even I, a lot of my Sydney clients that I speak to who, who definitely are living a more normal or COVID normal life than we are, <laughs> yeah. um, talk about, you know, working from home is here to stay. That hybrid model of being in the office and being a little bit at home, leaders are going to have to upskill in really knowing how to lead a hybrid remote workforce. Definitely. And, and, and even the skills, anyone the skills yeah. that have actually had forced people to upskilling and, and retraining like video. Yes. Like a lot of people don't feel comfortable looking at a video screen or a video camera. Yep. Even that in itself, because there's so many webinars and so much virtual uh, collaboration now, yep. you have to get comfortable with a new way of working. Yep. So even something as simple as that yep. is a great example of you know, what, what has changed. Yeah. And one of my clients, she said something brilliant to me the other day. She actually a Sydney-based client. She said to me that she's just gone back and she's in the office two days. And she said before when she went back with her first child, it was always about, oh, the part-time working mum, you know, which days are you in? Which days do you have your kids? It yeah. was always that frame. She said she walked into the office and everyone was on an even playing field yeah. because everybody said, what days are you in this week? Because everybody's only there part-time. Isn't that interesting? Yep. And it's a, that's a huge change. Huge change. I mean, it's unbelievable. Like it's dumbfounding to me how yeah. I, what I see these days to what I used to see 10, 20 years ago. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I want to dig a little further and talk a bit more about those blurred lines because that's, that's I want to get into the subtleties and the, the yeah. um, you know, the, the, in the little nuances of what, of what you do. So can you tell us a bit more about, you know, what work-life balance or navigating work and life mean in terms of those blurred lines? Where are those lines? Yeah. Well, the frame that we take on this anyway is we don't like to refer to it as work-life balance. We're very much around work-life boundaries okay. because boundaries are something we can control internally. And we can, we can I mean, at the end of the day, there's always more work to be done and there's yep. always more life to be lived. Definitely. I'm so, you can only fit into a day what you say I can actually fit into this day. Yeah. And it has to be a conscious choice of what you can then put in place to navigate work and life. And so, you know, the webinar that we run, we talk about seven tactics that we actually show people. Some of them are about, you know, trusting our external systems, um, drawing the line in the sand. It's advocating yeah. for ourselves because no one else is going to do it. So we really run through that and help people with, the, with really some strong strategies to take away, to say, what can I go away and change because at the end of the day when I show up in life and I say to people how do I, I how, or say to people how am I showing up often yeah. there's a disconnect between how you think you're showing up yeah. and how you want to be seen to absolutely. show up absolutely absolutely yep. yep. and particularly managers I can just imagine if managers did full 360 degree feedback sessions they would be shocked at the yep. feedback coming back yeah, and the feedback from their families, that's what's yeah. so vital is we often say, well, ask your kids, how are you showing up at the end of the day? And yeah. you think, oh, well, I'm, I'm present. I put my, you know, my phone away and your kids are saying that you're still thinking about work as you walk in and you're just, you know, you're yeah. all 
So it's, yeah, it's very much about making some conscious decisions of what do I need to change in my life to actually show up at work and in life. So, so what, what I'm hearing is it's really about, I mean, you know, obviously there's, there's lots of content to get into, but yeah. on yeah. a high level, I'm hearing it's really about how you plan and put structures and processes and systems around what you do every day at work and, at, you know, and in, when you're at home. Absolutely. And even small things like what we refer to as our transition gap, we used to all rely on our commute for that. Right. It would often be, you, you, you might have naturally just rung a mate on your way home from work and that yep. was your kind of gap between work and home yep. to set you up for walking through the door at home. That's gone. None of us have commutes. Our commute is to our lounge room That's right. or to our kitchen. So for some people, we're actually saying, well, what are the intentional choices you're making to have that transition gap is it that you are changing into your slippers when you walk out of your, that your dining room? is like it that you're closing your laptop yeah. and throwing a blanket over it or yeah. you know it, it, it's every decision we're making during covid has to be made with more intent yeah 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 and i mean what do you say these days i mean it's 24 7 world there's messages coming at me from a million devices 24 7 how if i'm on the weekend or if i'm at, at night time watching tv what do i do i just have to be really vigilant in saying no tomorrow yeah, yeah exactly or you turn off your you turn off your device or you say i am not checking and and look none of this happens without practice no, it's very hard. None of it happens unless <laughs> you, you know you can you are the only one who can put these things in place to control wow. how much or how little you're actually letting them infiltrate yeah and i mean and also what you said before I mean, in the old days, that would have been great to be able to have a phone call with someone on the way home and kind of transition slowly from work to life. But yeah. in all honesty, at the end of the day, I am so exhausted. The last thing I want to do is actually make a phone call exactly. on the way home. I just want to sit in silence. I don't even want to put music on sometimes. Yeah. I just need to relax. But yeah. then that's not a great, I still have to work out how I can transition when I walk back in the door. That's right. At home, how do I switch off? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and if you reflect on it, there might be something that you're doing that yeah. you just don't know that you're doing yet. But that's what this is about, is taking people out of automatic pilot and yeah. saying, all right, what changes can I actually make? Yeah, or actually maybe the fact that I want to sit in silence and not listen to anything or not do anything is my mechanism for, exactly. for re-gearing and getting back to, my, to Darren and yes. away from Darren at work. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Fascinating. really fascinating. Yeah, yeah. Um, any other little tips and tricks that you can give us that people might be, you know? Um, look, I'm, I'm a big fan of trusting external processes. So our brains are not designed to carry everything that we carry in them. We're actually dinosaur computers. Yeah. So we have great external systems, making lists, using, yeah. you know, things like Trello or, you know, shopping things or actually just, just letting stuff go from our brains. So yeah. that's, a, that's a, I'm a very big fan of that. And, and also, our biggest motto at Transitioning Well is ask, don't assume. So this comes down nice. to communication. Yep. And a lot of the time in all the transitions that we're going through and all the stuff you're dealing with, managers and HR and, and the things that you, you think about where we, where we get into trouble and we sometimes feel stuck are because we haven't asked the question. So true, so true. Including and at home, with yep. new parents, with our relationships, with our, you know, yep. with our friends. Yep. It's and because we, build, we, we build up all this... The stories in our minds about a certain about how we view something when it was absolutely an incorrect assumption, exactly. and we used all that energy, expended all that energy for nothing. Yep. 
Isn't that yep. fascinating? Yep. But we do a lot of training around that, with it, particularly with our pregnant women of, you know, don't make that assumption, ask. And from the manager's point of view, and a lot of what we do isn't rocket science. It's just that people are not good at asking things and also not good in communicating their own boundaries. Wow. wow There's wow. a fear around saying no. Yep, yep, yep. yep. Absolutely. Yeah. Wow. And I mean, obviously, you know, you're dealing with all these issues all day long. You're busy. As a psychologist, how do you relax and, you know, care for yourself while you're caring for everybody else? What, what are some mechanisms that you do that kind of just allow you to def deflate in a way? Well, it's funny that you mentioned that because pre-COVID, I would have said I'm pretty good at it. During COVID, our whole team has found this really hard because right. we, we just get dumped on all day. Yeah, so you're right. I mean, eventually your cup overflows. So um, we are good, though, at checking in with our own team, um, staying connected. We're very good on, on our own team meetings now. Um, myself and Sarah have a fabulous working relationship that we check in on each other, um, debrief a lot, yep. and, and just recognising if we do need some recovery time yeah. to say, look, um, you know, I think I might be approaching burnout. We've both felt that, especially in the last few months and had, had you know, take a day off here or there um, and, and try and switch off if we need to pick up the flack for each other and just get mainly checking. So it's again, yeah. really practicing what you preach, yeah. putting in those systems, putting in place exactly. those systems and actually executing on those systems to make yeah. sure that you can take care of yourselves so you can take care of everybody else. Yeah, and we've run supervision sessions for our teams and, um, and we did September, which I think that was a nationwide initiative, which was for cerebral palsy. You had to do 10,000 steps a day. So really encouraged our team members all to do that together to enhance physical exercise because I think that's been an absolute no-brainer for everybody during this time is all our incidental movement has gone because you're sitting in a, at your home all day. 100%. So getting out is really important. Yeah, absolutely. And, and how do you think... You know, obviously, everybody's talking about what's going to happen after COVID. Are we going to go back to normal? Is it going to be a hybrid? Is it going to be another change? What's your view on how will we work and live yeah. when this pandemic has subsided to a degree? Look, I'm hopeful that it is going to be a hybrid, and I'm all for that because I think for far too long, particularly with us, and I mean, you know, diversity and inclusion is a huge part of what we do, and particularly with women returning to work, they've had to fight so hard yeah. to want that flexibility in workplaces or to work part-time, and it's always been this, you know, kind of um, umbrella over it that has been a little bit ugly. And like that story I was talking about before with the woman who now said part-time is this even playing field, yeah. um, I'm really hopeful that we'll like I, I don't think you'll find many people not wanting to return to offices at all. In fact, from what I'm hearing lately from a lot of our, our HR contacts, people are desperate to get yeah. some, some yeah. form of contact. But I think what you will find is if someone knows they've got a big piece of work that they need to do, you know, undistracted and working from home is going to work for them that day, I, don't, I hope that you won't have to fight so hard for that because yeah. the trust will be there. But I'm very big into, there's a couple of things that are going to make this, this work. And number one is empowering your people and trusting your people. So true. And, and literally, um, the, the other one, big one is to me, things should never be recorded on hours. It's outcomes. Yeah. And if you can just have managers who are trained enough to lead teams through outcomes, not hours, and to trust that flexibility works, hopefully that will be a real positive. I love that. And actually on that point, have you done any studies or have there been any studies done on outcome and productivity in this time as opposed to pre-COVID? It's a hard one because we, we talk a lot about that. There have been studies done, but productivity has been very hard to measure whilst people have children at home. Yeah. 
Right. So particularly in Victoria, I think you, you, you're not seeing a realistic view of people working from home when they're having to homeschool their kids. That's true. That's a really good point. It's, yeah, yeah. it's so not you'll pure see working that. from home. Yeah. Exactly. I think you'll see that afterwards. But I, I mean, I'm a very big fan of Andrew Barnes's work on the four-day work week from, you know, he's the, the perpetual guardian um, in New Zealand and they are now doing four-day work week permanently. But you're also seeing a number of the tech companies like the Googles of the world who've come out and said working from home will be a permanent offering if that's what you want. Love it. And, I think that I think you're going to see more of that, but I do think it's going to come down to how your leaders can lead through that yeah. and the trust that they can give people to to actually see the productivity involved in that. Yeah, and and I've met you know I know a lot of business owners and, and managers that are even thinking of not even renewing their leases yeah. in their office space yeah. because they know they don't need them anymore. And yeah. what's fascinating to me is it took something like this yeah. for them to actually wake up and say, actually, you know what? This is this is fine. Why why couldn't we start doing this years ago? Exactly, yeah? exactly, isn't it? It's, it's got, that's why I feel like it's so bittersweet because it's a horrible yeah. thing to have happened, but it's it's pushed the flexibility talk yeah. in in the six months. You know, it would have taken maybe 10, 20 years, maybe yeah, never. Absolutely, and and but as you say, I agree. Once you once you turn that switch on, you can't turn it off. So once everybody's more aware of what you can do because of this situation. I don't think we'll ever go back to what we were before because you can't go backwards. Yep. You'll only find some kind of a hybrid or some kind of a, you know, yep. a new, new model that yep. will incorporate what we've learned in this period. Exactly. And those companies that are smart, though, are the ones who are going to invest in actually training and their, their yep. leaders yep. and supporting their staff to make sure that they're okay with the hybrid model. Yep. Perfect. Yep. Yep. Absolutely fascinating. So, Justine, tell us just a bit more about how we can get in touch with you and transitioning well and anything else you want to tell us about that particular part of what you do. Sure. Well, um, we're on LinkedIn under Transitioning Well, so feel free to follow us. Um, also under, on our personal pages, myself, Justine Alter, and um, Sarah Cotton, my business partner. So you can follow us through there. And um, we're actually launching a new website, which I'm... Oh, great. Yeah, so by the time, um, yeah, um, it will uh, focus on um, in line with um, World Mental Health Day, which nice. is um, in October. And so you can look us up at www.transitioningwell.com.au. Beautiful. And you're working Australia-wide, obviously. We are working Australia-wide, yeah, and even New Zealand. And we have a couple of clients where that's the interesting thing with COVID is now with remote working, we, we're coaching globally. Um, have a, a number of our clients have now expanded, so... That's another thing that's COVID, that COVID has brought about is this global working marketplace. Exactly. It's just fascinating to me, this whole situation. Yep, yep absolutely. Yep. Yeah, there's just no boundaries anymore of people yeah. being able to coach globally. And I think just it's expected now and, and accepted that video hookups are fine. Absolutely. Like they're even yep. more efficient. For me, they're actually, like they are yep. very productive and they're more efficient. Yeah. You don't have to waste time sitting in traffic. I don't have to... Exactly. Do whatever. I can just get on, jump on, jump off, get it done and move on. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's great. Well, Justine, thank you so much. It's been an absolute pleasure having you on the show. I think that was fascinating content and I think the audience will really get a lot out of that. So I urge anybody who wants to learn more about um, working this way and wants to help their people and build their culture to talk to Justine and um, you know, have a consultation about what they can do to implement these, these strategies and steps. But as I always do, before I end the show, I always like to give my guest their last chance to take the stage and give us one or two little insights or tips or anything that they can think of that will make our lives a bit better. 
um, in this next uh, you know period. So the floor is yours. Anything that comes to mind? Yeah, I, th I think um, I, I really want people to try and capture the good out of what's come from COVID and to sustain the, the positive changes. Nice. So I think it is a period of reflection and it sounds a little cliche to say that, but I really do think take the opportunity to think, well, what do I want to change from this? If there've been negatives, how can I reframe them and look to the future and make those changes? Because you get one life. Absolutely. And that's I love it. That. And there's always more, as I say, work to be done and always more life to be lived. I love it. And, you know, one thing that really struck me is, you know, further to that point is once you've made some kind of significant transition in your life or you've dealt with change once, yeah. you are well, you're well equipped to do it again. Yeah. So once you've learned how to do it, these are, this is an incredible period of learning and acquiring a skill set that's going to help you in the rest of your life if you're aware of it. So Absolutely. I think it's, it's a really good point to make as well. Because, you know, this is all a learning curve and we're all just acquiring skills along the way. Exactly. You know, if we look at them in that way. Yeah. Yep. Totally. Awesome. Well, Justine, thank you very much. Really, really uh, love the chat and really appreciate you coming on the show. Thanks uh, again for having me, Darren. It was great. Uh, my pleasure. And for all the audience out there, hope you've had a great afternoon. I hope you really enjoyed that as much as I did. I'm going to put all the links to Transitioning Well and Justine in the show notes. And we'll be back tomorrow for another episode of Playing With Perspective, the Suspended Animation Podcast. Bye for now.